0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, wherever you're tuned in on the SEN app. Hope you're having a great start to the day. An absolute perler in Sydney town early this morning. Coming up today, the changing landscape of Australian sports broadcasting. Of course, the Amazon deal with the ICC has been announced. So we'll pick our way through that. And I can give you some first-hand experience on what that all means how it happened, and also possibly we could discuss what the future could look like, especially, say, for NRL. Now, when you look at sports broadcasting rights in Australia, you focus on three big things in particular. Um, Well, domestically, you focus on NRL, AFL, and, of course, the cricket deals as well. Then you've got tennis and Olympics and what used to be Commonwealth Games, all that. But the future could look a little bit different and how did Amazon get into the marketplace at the moment when there is a ring put around most of the sports which protects free-to-air TV from the streamers and subscription pay TVs getting the exclusivity that they so desire? So, well, have a good look at that. And I want to know what you think the future could look like and what you're prepared to do. Because believe me, folks, it's coming. It may take a while, but it's coming. In fact, most of it is already here. The technology's already here, and we're already seeing streaming giants making their way into the marketplace. So we'll discuss that at length this morning. Plus, Mitchell Johnson gives a please explain around that of David Warner and George Bailey. And also this morning, I'll be speaking to an athlete and a coach that will absolutely inspire you. The athlete from the beach, four-time NutriGrain Ironman Series champion, nine-time Gatta Gold champion, Ali Day will join me. This morning, 33 years of age now, he's a parent. He's got his second child coming next year and he's about to embark on another Nutri-Grain Ironman series, which as I said, he's already won multiple times, not to mention those nine incredible Cool and Gatta Gold victories. Ali's got a great perspective on life. He's got some great insights on what it takes to be that kind of champion and also how much things change once your surrounds start to change, once a little tacker comes into play as well. So believe me, you want to stick around for that. He's one heck of a good man, and he's one heck of a competitor as well. And Mahmoud Abdel-Fattah, the Sydney Kings coach, you've heard him quite often here on SEN. It's my first chance today to have a chat to Mahmoud, so I'm really looking forward to that. And a couple of the things that I want to talk to him about outside of basketball as well, because I went back and looked at some videos and and had a good, um, good dive a little bit deeper into what he was expecting from his trip out to Australia, his association with the Kings, the league itself and Sydney and also what his family was expecting as well. So 12 games into the season now, he's been on the road a fair bit. They come back from Perth, they're heading up to Cairns, then they'll come back to Sydney on Sunday. They're sitting fourth on the ladder, and the Sydney Kings in the NBL are a great story. So, an athlete and a coach that'll inspire you this morning and also make you smile. I reckon. So stick around for that. It is Curveball Tuesday, of course. So throw something at me this morning on 1300. Yep, Showing uh, about batter? Throw something this morning on 300 one 1170, or 0457 736 457736736, and I'll take a swing at it. Anything you want. The TV deal, how all that plays out. Um, The Kiwis coach, that's an interesting one. The New Zealand Rugby League CEO, Greg Peters, has had his say on that after we brought you the news yesterday and commented on the fact that Wayne Bennett's now interested, of course. Well, the NZRL decided to move away from Michael Maguire because they didn't like the pathway system. Wayne Bennett is certainly an influential man. He's not involved in State of Origin at the moment, but he wants to do the job. Greg Peters has said, we respect the interest from anyone I shouldn't take the mickey. We respect the interest from anyone who has a passion about coaching the Kiwis. We've seen Wayne's interest, but we'll advertise the role, throw the net far and wide, and see what we can drag in. (laughs) See, I don't know if you're dragging in Wayne Bennett. uh, You select Wayne Bennett at this stage of his career, perhaps, or maybe you think otherwise. So why don't you throw something at me this morning on Curveball Tuesday, Tuesday. We have a lot of fun with that one because sometimes I hit, sometimes I swing and I miss, or other times I'm just left standing at the plate. The best will win a Signet Boost Power Bank this morning. Now, Mitchell Johnson, let's get to this. He says the sandpaper scenario back in 2018 and then some text exchanges with Dave Warner and George Bailey more recently fueled in part, his stinging article. He's also said that he's disgusted at Bailey questioning his mental health branding it childish and condescending. So he's had his say on the Mitchell Johnson Cricket Show, which is co-hosted by Barat Sundarayson, And he stands by his words, but also gives us an insight into where a lot of this has also come from recently. And you got the feeling that there was a little bit more to it. On the fallout with David Warner and the question around that, he discussed the messages, the text message that he got in April. It was around the time that Candace Warner had said on the back page program about their not being open as good enough to take his position. These are Mitchell Johnson's words. He said, that's when I responded to that and then got a message from Dave Warner, which was quite personal, and I tried to ring him to talk about it, which I've always been open about with the guys. It was never a personal thing then. Until that point, when he got the message, that is what prompted me to write the article or part of it as well. It's definitely a factor. Some of the things that he mentioned in that message, I won't say. It's up to Dave to say if he wants to talk about it. There was some stuff in there which was extremely disappointing, he said, which he had said, and pretty bad, to be honest. That sort of was a bit of a driver, is what Mitchell Johnson has said on the podcast. So he hasn't backed away from what he's said in his article. He has regretted saying the Bunnings sandpaper thing, and so he should. That was just a bit of a slight that wasn't there. It was a jab that I reckon wasn't needed. But he's also given us an insight into where a lot of this has come from. And there's obviously this text exchange that you can trace it right back to. He said, George Bailey, why bring in Bailey? Well, a bit of that as well. He sent me a message after the Lance Morris article about Morris being rested in a Shield game. And it was condescending, typical George sort of stuff, he said. When you receive it, In the odd hours of the morning, I think 3am, he goes on to say it was disappointing. And then he admits that he was probably set off by receiving a message from him and not showing the respect to make a phone call. So let's go back to what triggered all of this. He's got underlying thoughts, which he's absolutely entitled to about 2018 and everything that played out there. And he's got underlying issues off off the back of these text message exchanges that happened earlier in the year. And then he puts it into words and the whole thing blows up yet again. Overnight, uh, David Warner's very outspoken manager, James Erskine, a long-time, uh, long-time manager, had this to say about his client in defence of Dave Warner.
1: You know, David Warner's played 109 test matches and, you know, got an average of 44.4, 4, got over eight eight and 8,500 runs. So it, if anyone listening thought that David Warner wanted to play test cricket for Australia, if he didn't think he was up to it, you know, then it, it, they're wrong. He's, he's been a battle all his life. You know, he's a guy from the wrong side of the tracks. He's a guy that's, you know, gone and scraped a living and gone and done this and been very successful at it. But yeah. he, doesn't want to just, he doesn't want a swan song. He wants to, He thinks he's the best guy for the job. And I I think the figures show it. But, you know, I think if he goes and gets two ducks in the first test match, they'll drop him. But, you know, he won't.
0: There you go. James Erskine putting it very succinctly, in my opinion. If he gets a couple of ducks, they'll drop him. Let's not forget that when they made that move on the Ashes, when they made the selection call on the Ashes, the selectors made it clear that they were looking at the first two tests. The first two tests. So let's build from the first two tests and then you see where you go from there. So they were under, uh, under no illusions that they were picking a side for a series. They were picking a squad for a series. And the same situation you would think would be playing out here. And David Warner still hasn't made the team as yet. They've announced the 14-man man squad, but not the team. So we now have a bit more of an understanding, in my opinion, of where Mitchell Johnson has come from. Some of it's personal text exchanges, some of it as a former Australian player and somebody who thinks a bit differently and now an opinion writer stems back from 2018 and Sandpaper Gate. Now, the general public don't have text exchanges, so take that one off the table. We don't have the experience of playing test cricket, so let's take that off the table. But we've all got our opinions on what happened in 2018. And... Some say move on, some say should never have been allowed back. That's just going to keep going back and forth. And Mitchell Johnson has now had his say on it. Of course, Usman Khawaja was doing some media yesterday and he backed Davy Warner. I'll play you a little bit about that a little bit later on. Now, the streaming situation. So we now know that Amazon is here in Australian sports broadcasting. They've been here before, and I'll get to that in just a second. But here they come. When it comes to cricket, they will take over all of the ICC's broadcasts for the next few years. Amazon Prime Video will have exclusive broadcast rights for the 2024 Men's T20 World Cup in the West Indies and the US. The 2025 Women's World Cup in India, the World Test Championship Final at Lourdes and the 2027 Men's ODI World Cup, our defence in South Africa, Zimbabwe and Namibia. Now, the reason why they can do that is the locations that I've just told you. All of those uh, tournaments and finals are not being played either in Australia or New Zealand. And that's why they can have exclusive rights under the anti-siphoning law, which protects a whole stack of sports on behalf of the free-to-air networks. I can go through the detail of it for you throughout the course of the show to give you an understanding of where it's at. But essentially, if any of those were being played in Australia and New Zealand and the free-to-air networks wanted to have a crack at them, they would have had the right to have had the crack first. However, we're talking about the T20 World Cup in the Windies in the US, India for the Women's World Cup, of course, the World Test Championship final, and then South Africa, Zimbabwe and Namibia for the Men's ODI World Cup. So Amazon went, we'll have it. We will take it. What does it mean for you? It means that the 448 matches there unless they decide to do a deal, which they won't, the 448 matches will only be on Amazon Prime Video, so you're going to have to pay for them. Just like if you want to watch anything that's exclusive on Fox or KO, you're going to have to pay for it. It also means it won't be on free-to-air television. This is the second time that Amazon have had a crack at a sports broadcast deal in the Australian market, and I was part of the first. I hosted their coverage of the Australian swim trials, for Tokyo and Birmingham, respectively, in 2021 and 2022. That was Amazon's first taste of sports broadcasting in Australia. And I got an insight into how they think about it, what their plan is, and why they want to be in it. What really sort of knocked them back a little bit at that time was around COVID. They couldn't get here. The Americans who were driving it couldn't get here. We obviously did a whole stack of Zoom, and we were in touch with them the whole way, but their physical presence wasn't here, and I reckon that sort of put them on a little bit on the back foot. But here they come, and you've only got to look around the world to see what they're doing, and it's not just Amazon, it's streaming giants, obviously, but they've got deals in place with the Premier League, ATP, WTA in the UK, UEFA Champions League in Germany and Italy, and the big one is the NFL. They have paid, Amazon has paid $1 billion per year, $1 billion for a 10-year rights deal to broadcast Thursday night football in NFL. That's it. So they average about 12.2 million viewers for Thursday night footy. Now, what does 12.2 million viewers really mean? To a free-to-air network, it means a big number that then they can take to advertisers and try and sell. To a streaming company... It's 12.2 million people, essentially, who are paying for the right to do so. If it's 10 bucks each or it's 20 bu- 25 bucks, if it's $99 for the year, they're getting that money off the amount of people that are watching, right? Subscription-based. And further to that, remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you about what Amazon's been doing over there in the NFL. Their Thursday night footy moved to a Black Friday match and a Thanksgiving special where they rolled it all in for the very first time with the biggest shopping day of the year and then parlayed everything that they've got under Amazon and Prime and Prime Video. So the biggest shopping day of the year plus the biggest sports watching day of the year plus you could have sat there and screened, uh, used your QR code on your phone to look at your screen and make special purchases under Amazon. So that's the bigger picture at play. So what does all this mean? It means that the events that I've just listed go behind the paywall. It means that free-to-air will put more pressure on the government around anti-siphoning, which is locked in for another three years or thereabouts. It shows how serious Amazon and the streamers are for exclusive sports content in Australia. And I would say be prepared for more one-off deals with major sporting rights in this country and a fractured viewing landscape. And then, then, when we get to the big deals... Next time the NRL is up, it starts to get really funky. Because what if Amazon want to come in and have a crack like they've done with NFL? What if they say, give us Thursday night only? We'll take Thursday night. What if Fox say, okay, well, we'll keep Saturday and maybe Friday as well. And then free to air say, well, give us one of the matches on Sunday and maybe another free-to-air, say, give us one of the matches on Sunday. And what if they say, you know what, Papua New Guinea is coming in. Let's, why, don't, why don't we have Monday night football back? Then we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to offer to free-to-air networks plus streaming giants. Then we've got Origin, then we've got Grand Final. And if you don't think it can happen, just have a little look at what's already happened in the NFL. They signed an 11-year, $100 billion deal with CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, Amazon as well. That's five major players, not to mention ABC, Disney, Paramount Plus, all in the picture as well. So they've spread it far and wide because they can get the money and the streamers can get your business. What does it all mean? It means that you become a direct customer of the viewing platform and the content that is being put on it. So I'm happy to discuss that one with you this morning. 0457 736 736. Daniel Brettig from The Age, the chief cricket writer at The Age, will join me after the 9.30 news. Simon Hill will be on the line. Mahmoud Abelfat, uh, abdel Fatah from the Sydney Kings will be my guest this morning. And so too, four-time NutriGrain Iron Ironman series champion Ali Day. Plus it's Curveball Tuesday. Throw something down the line. Let's see if we can hit or miss this morning. We are back after this break. It's 21 minutes after nine on this Tuesday morning.